It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in nutrition education and counseling that makes a difference in people's health. Joining me today as our co-host is Cara Carper. Cara is also a licensed nutritionist, and she's taking a little break from counseling clients <laughs> to be home with her six-month-old baby, that's kind of nice to be able to do. It is. It's. I feel very fortunate. And we are all very eager to have her back to work, though, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. <laughs> so she helps people get well, and we want her back as soon as she's ready to come back. So, Cara, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Good you morning. Know, we have a great topic planned, uh, nutritional support for those menopausal symptoms. Yes, we're going to have a lot of good information today, and it might be a new thought for many of you that you could get rid of your hot flashes or maybe your migraine headaches or vaginal dryness with simply just choosing the correct foods. That is a new thought, isn't it? I think it? it is. Yeah. I mean, most people think, oh, I'm I'm menopausal and these I, things are inevitable. I have to take a pill. Yes, <laughs> or, or <laughs> hormones replacements. Right. Rather than... A piece of broccoli. Food. We're going to talk about how food can help all of these symptoms. Uh, But before we get into the various conditions that are associated with menopause, let's just give listeners our number and, you know, call in with your questions. Dar, I know you've been reading research, reviewing articles and books, and you're ready for these questions. I have. Actually, I have been reading, research, reviewing books all week. On this topic. So it's fresh in your mind. Well, I hope I can so answer most of them. So let's, you know, <laughs> pick Dar's brain. This is your opportunity. And the studio number here is 651-641-1071. And we'll try to get to everyone's questions today about menopause. You know, I've been very busy uh, this week with clients. So I was thinking about the clients I saw this week. And I remembered at least three clients who were experiencing hormonal migraines. And, you know, sometimes migraines decrease at menopause, but sometimes the frequency of migraines actually increases. So when we think about hormonal migraines, they're usually the result of a woman having too much or what we would call an excessive excessive amount of the hormone estrogen. Too much estrogen? Yes, too much estrogen. Isn't that interesting? Well, most women have been told that they're actually deficient in hormones, especially estrogen, when they reach menopausal years. So, Dar, why do they? Why are you saying they have too much estrogen? Well, I mean, even thinking that, first of all, that people actually have too much estrogen is is really a thing that we have to kind of get our brain around mm-hmm. to think about that because it's really an interesting question. So why are both women and men having excess levels of estrogen? And we know that high levels are linked to breast cancer, prostate cancer. That's a new one for a lot of men. They don't realize that there's a link between estrogen, excess estrogens. And prostate cancer. Yes. 
and even a, and there's even a link to colon cancer. So again, we go back and ask, why are people having excess levels of estrogen? You know, certainly if women are put on hormone therapy, they're at a risk of that leads to excess estrogens. And the interesting, there was an article in the Journal of National Cancer Institute, and they reported that HRT, hormone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. increases that risk of breast cancer. And some people have probably heard about that, but others may not know that. That's right. Also, Dar, women who are taking oral contraceptive pills are at risk. And you mean the pill? The pill. Yes. Well, the pill is synthetic (laughs) hormones. And the International Journal of Cancer actually reported that exposure to oral contraceptives or hormone replacement therapy um, are both associated with risk of breast cancer. I mean, that is kind of shocking, I think. Yeah. And, you know, back in my old days when, you know, I might have been taking those (laughs) things, the level of estrogen. So if women are, you know, in, you know, in their 60s or 70s and they were taking birth control pills when they were in their 20s, they were taking a birth control pill that was very high in estrogen. It isn't that way now because they've reduced the amount of estrogens in these birth control pills, Mm -hmm. but... They're still, they're still, you know, like you just said, they're still reporting a risk of that. Isn't that interesting? Right. And think about if they were on the pill their whole life and then went into perimenopause and menopause and then went on hormone replacement therapy. That's hormones, you know. Hormones on top of hormones. But, you know, Cara, you know, frankly, you know, a lot of women never took birth control pills and they've never had HRT. And... But interesting, they're still having high levels of estrogen, and they're still at risk. So let's talk about that. You know, uh, there's one reason for this, because our environment is overloaded with estrogenic materials. You know, just simple things like plastic bottles. Oh, um, I know, and you guys are, everybody at work. Well, is. well, yeah, I mean, you go shopping for your water bottle, and you have to f- look to find something that's BPA-free and... You know, doesn't have some of these toxic materials that can, you know, increase estrogen in the body. But it's interesting that, you know, another one is that, um, and I just had a client, uh, I think it was yesterday, that, yes, in fact, he's a, a truck driver. And he has a microwave in his truck. In his truck. <laughs> yes. But he even knows that you don't put um, a plastic container in the microwave because it's too risky. So he has everything in glass if he is going to microwave. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, because the plastic in the microwave will leach out these toxic materials into the food. I, his wife has done a very so. good job with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, you know, there's the plastic. There's also excess use of soy products. And soy is found in just about every food these days. Usually it's, you know, if it's not a soy food itself, like tofu or something, there's soy in it. Yes, and I think that's the hidden part of all the soy that's in all these products. Mm -hmm. So here's another interesting one that I think people don't even realize that our excess fat cells make estrogen. Isn't that interesting? It is, and when you think about the rate of obesity and, you know, 60, I think it's 67% are overweight. Yes, So we think, you know, so again, if you 
kind of take off some of those extra pounds, you will actually naturally lower your estrogen level, and which means that you lower your risk of getting cancer. Right, and so even just lo- simply losing fat yes. can decrease estrogen in the body. And many menopausal symptoms are the result of too much estrogen, not a deficiency. So I think um, what we should do, uh, do we have a caller? Or? Yep, let's take okay, a caller. Okay, I think caller. we have time for a caller. Yeah, we have a couple minutes before break here. Good morning, Joelle. Welcome to our show today. Do you have a question? Yeah, I do. I noticed you guys are talking about hormone levels, and um, I was wondering if, I know there's an association between acne and hormone levels in your body, and I'm wondering if there's anything diet-related that you can eat to reduce acne. Oh, that's a great question. Yes, there certainly is a connection. So often, you know, there's the connection is that people actually have too much insulin in their body, So, which means that there have developed some insulin resistance, which is insulin is actually a master hormone. So it starts to throw off all your other hormones. And what happens is, yes, people do have excess amounts of estrogen. They have excess amounts of insulin in their system. And what's that coming from? Basically eating too many carbohydrates for people. And so you have to reduce that carbohydrate level and switch from like, eating, you know, the pastas and the breads and the cereals and the bagels and all that and shift it over into eating things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, things that help to detox those extra estrogens and also lower your blood sugars and lower the insulin levels. Got anything to add to that one, Cara? <laughs> well, that was that was a pretty thorough answer. Well, the only thing I would add, Joelle, is there can be a, a link between dairy products and acne. Oh, yes. Excellent. I, I so, totally forgot that one. Yeah, just keeping that in mind. I mean, if you cut out some of the sugars and carb, high-carbohydrate foods and we're still having issues, the next thing that I would try is eliminating dairy products. So, Joelle, which one of those things are you maybe eating in excess? Is it carbohydrates or are you eating a lot of dairy products? Definitely carbs. Okay. <laughs> That's my crutch. Okay. Well, gone are the chips. <laughs> I you know you can really um it's amazing when you start to make these changes and then you can see the acne going away it is just really powerful for you. So, thanks for the call. Thank and, you. Great question. And I think we need to take it's a break. It's time huh? for our break and you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before and during menopause, we hear about estrogen and its lack, but really it's a decline in progesterone that is the first hormonal change that causes symptoms in women approaching menopause. So when women ovulate, progesterone is produced in the ovaries, and a failure to ovulate results in a deficiency of progesterone. And, you know, progesterone affects brain function. It produces a sense of calmness, and its sedating and anti-anxiety effects actually help promote good sleep. So give us a call today if you have questions about menopause, 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're struggling with menopausal symptoms, let me suggest two solutions. Either sign up for an individual nutritional consultation 
so we can help you feel normal again or take our three-hour class called Hot Flash Solution for Perimenopause and Menopause. We have many classes scheduled. You know, on Monday, March 5th, we have a class in North Oaks. Monday, March 12th, one in Wyzetta. Monday, March 19th in Lakeville. And Tuesday, March 27th in St. Paul. You know, not only will you learn about menopause solutions, but, you know, you'll laugh a little bit, too, as you learn. So (laughs) uh, to sign up for a class or consultation, call 651-699-3438. Or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. And you can actually sign up online. So we have some callers, don't we? We do. We have several callers. Let's start getting to these. Good morning, Carrie. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Uh, it sounds like you have a question about coffee and lactose intolerance. Yeah. Well, I always use skim milk in my coffee for years, and now I've become lactose intolerant. So I switched over to soy. But, um, you know, from your previous comments and and just what i've heard lately about Mm -hmm. soy not being the most perfect thing Mm -hmm. i do use a lot of whitener i mean i have kind of like coffee with my milk okay (laughs) got it (laughs) so is there any alternatives you think i've kind of tried almond and some of the other yeah i have several um suggestions for you i mean all i think almond milk would be fine Mm -hmm. you know don't be afraid of heavy whipping cream though Oh, because there's very little, if no, lactose in heavy whipping cream. Right. Oh. It's just like if people can tolerate butter, which almost everybody can. I can tolerate butter, and I can tolerate like um, yogurt. Oh, okay. Sort of some yogurt, but okay. just not milk in the morning. You okay. certainly could have heavy cream. Oh. This is like heavy whipping cream. Yep. Okay. So not the Cool Whip or anything like that. You just buy it in the carton. It says heavy whipping cream. And that would be perfect, and you will love it. It's very tasty. <laughs> oh, I bet. Okay. Okay, thank you Thank so you much. for the yeah, question. thanks for calling. Yeah, good question. So another question for people. Yes. Okay. Good morning, Debbie. Sounds like you have a question about menopause today. Yes, I'm 38. I had a partial hysterectomy about 12 years ago. Okay. Um, I know my family has a history of going through menopause early, and so I'm just wondering what signs I should look for that I might be going through it, because... I don't know when I cycle. You Okay, so you don't know when you cycle. Yeah, I don't get uh, periods, so I don't know if I'm on it or not. Okay. <laughs> I have my ovaries, so I still cycle. I just don't know when. Okay. Well, you know, some of the things, some of the early symptoms is would be uh, not sleeping quite as well as you used to. You know, more, okay. more, and it might only come at a week at a time, and you might have just kind of restless sleep. That week before you would normally have a period, and that's a sign that your ovaries are not producing as many hormones, and and so that's that would be one of the early signs. Some people just feel warmer all the time. That's another one of the early signs of of menopause. Okay. And you know, and some people just they start to have more anxiety and more mood swings a little bit, and that's another sign. But so oh. I don't know if any of those things are happening to you or. The only big thing I noticed is uh, a lot of sweating at night. Okay. Well, you know, you're really, uh, you're not producing any progesterone right now. And so you might supplement with a little bit of progesterone cream, and that would probably help those symptoms very much for you. Oh, okay. And it's just, you know, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about progesterone cream later in the show. But um, it's easy to use. It's natural. It's over the counter. There's no problem Mm -hmm. with it. Excellent. You know, okay. Good Thanks question, though. Yep. Thank Have a you. great day. Thanks. Yep.
Dar, should we take one more caller? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so, hi there. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. So I think I got the wrong line here. Okay. Hi, is this Jane? Oh, so, so somehow we don't get this person, hmm. Kara. Okay, Maybe sorry, I don't know what is going on here. Jane, can you hear us? Maybe we should just have her call back in, Kara. Yeah, Jane, if you can hear yeah, us. I'm right here. Oh, you can. Okay, there's. it must be a really bad connection. Are you on a oh, cell I'm phone? Here. Okay. There. I'm, I'm here. Okay. Hi there. Hi. What's your question today? Uh, well, um, I started with the pre-menopause a couple years ago, and then I thought I had Lyme's disease just came in my head right now. So I went to a holistic doctor, and I was taking some products there, and then my menstrual came back right away for a good three, four, or five months, and then it started coming, you know, on and off again. So I was wondering what causes that, if it's the progesterone that I've been listening to you about. And then I was wondering what products, but I was just listening about the progesterone creams. Okay. But what cause? and then I also heard you say the hormones start decreasing. That's what causes the premenopause. Well, I, I'm trying to understand what I'm going through. <laughs> what okay. happens? Well, here, this is what you're going through. Why don't you okay. just Why don't you just hang up and listen, and we'll we'll just kind of talk about what does really happen at that perimenopausal time, and that's kind okay. of what you're going through because you've got a period here. You, sometimes you don't. Sometimes okay. So what happens is that you, as you, as we get a little bit older, we start to not ovulate every month. And when we ovulate, we actually produce progesterone. And so you need that in order to actually have regular cycles. And so then, and when you're not having regular cycles, then you're not producing any progesterone. And then that's when you start to have more of the symptoms. Do you want to add anything to that, Cara? Well, it sounds like, you know, she was listening to what we've said about progesterone, and that might be a good option for her. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we are going to talk a little bit more about that, but not all progesterone creams are the same. Right. So I think that's important for people to know. A brand we recommend is Emerita. Okay, and we actually recommend the the one that's called Progest, Progest because it doesn't have any chemicals in it. Right, and the, the brand is Emerita. Yeah. So, so when you think about this, what happens is, for a lot of women, is that their estrogen levels are actually too high, as we have kind of talked about, because we've had exposure to kind of environmental estrogens and maybe through medications of some kind. And so we've been exposed to a lot of estrogens. Maybe we have too many fat cells on our body. Our body is making too many estrogens. So we have a high level of estrogen. And estrogen is what causes a lot of the symptoms in our bodies. That's what causes the hot flashes, and that's what causes the night sweats, and that's what causes kind of the mood swings and things like that. But we don't have that balancing hormone, that progesterone, and because we've stopped ovulating. And that's what why we start getting those symptoms. Yep. No, that's a great explanation, Dar. Okay. All right. So now we were going to talk about... We were back talking about... Um, Migraines. You were going to talk about hormonal migraines. And, you know, they often occur, you know, that, that perimenopause and menopause. And um, so um, what was I going to say about migraines? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times they happen during perimenopause 
or menopause, but they, you know, if you're menstruating, they can happen right before the period when estrogen is the highest and when that balancing hormone that we've been talking about, progesterone, is actually at its lowest. So it's it's really, it's just the imbalance in the hormones and the sudden shift that can lead to the hormonal migraine. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about, what I was talking about even with hot flashes or night sweats. It's, again, that higher level of estrogen and the lower mm-hmm. level of progesterone. And the sudden shift and the making sudden, that imbalance. Right. And I've had success with helping people get rid of hormonal headaches and or migraines by simply helping them eliminate this excess in estrogen and increasing the low levels of progesterone. And so, you know, like that progesterone cream, I think, would be a great option for people experiencing this. But in addition, we know that certain vegetables help to detox estrogen. Mm Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people to eat broccoli and Brussels sprouts and spinach and kale and cauliflower at every meal. And you know what? We inv- we encourage people to actually eat those kinds of vegetables for breakfast. Vegetables for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> See, vegetables to the rescue yet again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we actually have that in our one of our weight and wellness <laughs> classes. You know, I we do need to break in just a minute, so I think okay. we'll go ahead and do that now. And listeners, please stay on the line. We'll get to your calls when we come back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and menopausal weight gain is a concern for many women. Is menopause a time when metabolism slows? Well, Dr. Christian Northrup, she's the author of The Wisdom of Menopause, thinks not. She finds that it's a natural progression of a process that begins long before menopause, and that eating processed carbohydrates that results in high blood sugars and the beginning of insulin resistance. So for many, you know, this is happening from the extra sugar and carbohydrates that are getting stored as body fat. So please give us a call today, 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Dara Kavist, a licensed nutritionist. I'm here with Cara Carper, a licensed nutritionist, and we're discussing the role of nutrition in preventing symptoms of menopause. You know, kind of following up on that topic of menopausal weight gain, when you eat too many refined carbohydrates, such as French fries, mashed potatoes, cookies, ice cream, you know, bread, uh, rolls, chips, if you drink soda you get an immediate and substantial increase in blood sugar. Up goes your blood sugar. This excess sugar in the blood is converted into triglycerides in the liver. This excess sugar causes inflammation in the lining of the blood vessels throughout the body. I mean, this is kind of interesting. You know, if you go back and think about that, if you're eating a bag of chips or a half a bag of chips, what's happening is you're making more triglycerides, which is not good. You're inflaming the lining of your blood vessels throughout your body, and if left unchecked, leads to central obesity. Mm. What's that? Well, that's what everybody's having these days. Weight around the middle. middle. And an increased risk of type 2 diabetes, male pattern baldness. Isn't that interesting Mm. for women? Mm -hmm. And heart disease. These innocent-looking Girl Scout cookies maybe are not so innocent after all. (laughs) And I think they're out again, those Girl Scout cookies. I know, I've been hearing about those, so it must be that time. And they're making, yes. 
They're doing a lot of things with those Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take this caller who's been waiting for a while. Thanks for holding, Anne. How can we answer your question today? Uh, yes. I uh, Good show. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been in menopause for about five years. And, um, yes, you just mentioned the male pattern baldness. I'm very, getting very thin on top. And so I was wondering, is that... More, I need more protein, more vegetables. More protein, more vegetables. More protein, more vegetables, and more good fat, and less carbohydrates. Less carbohydrates. Been, been trying to do that now for the last year after listening to you. Okay. Um, would progesterone cream? Yes, it, it might very well help. And I think I would also recommend uh, both omega threes, fish oil, and also omega six, mm -hmm. the activated GLA, which is gamma. Linoleic, gamma, gamma linoleic acid. I'll get that right. <laughs> um, so GLA, because GLA is the fatty acid that helps hair and nails and skin. That's the fatty acid that we have for all all those functions. So those would be uh, my my ideas anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does Rogaine help? Does Rogaine work? You know, I I haven't heard that it does help for that. Um, you know, I think I have heard one or two people that said it did help them, but I don't know. You know, I go with more natural stuff. So No, I understand. Yep. Okay. Um, okay, great. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for your call, Ann. Yep. I mean, that was a perfect call. Yeah, yeah. great question. And then also, Dar, um, and Ann, if you're still listening, next week the show is on PCOS. Yes. So, Ann, if you can hear me now, um, tune in next week because you might have some other symptoms going on and could learn a little bit more. Yes about hormone imbalance. Let's take another call here. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Hi, can you hear us? Hello? Uh, yes. Hi there. You have a question for us today? Oh, yes. Hi. Yes, um, I'm 55 and I'm in menopause. And um, I follow your eating plan, your nutrition plan. Okay. And I'm still having some symptoms, some hot flashes and dryness. And I was just wondering what your thought is... Um, do you think it's worth the expense to have hormone levels checked? And also, what is your thought on bioidentical hormones? Do you think they're safe? Well, you know, at the well, one, one of the presentations that I was at, a nutritional presentation, um, one of the things that they talked about with bioidentical hormones, that, you know, it, it's still an estrogen when they will prescribe either testosterone or per, usually they prescribe estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone all together. And um, so you're still getting exposed to more estrogen. Personally, I think it's a risk, but, you know, people have different symptoms and different reasons, so you kind of have to look at the individual person to see what is actually the best thing for you. You know, I think okay. going back to some of the symptoms that you're having, what what are you what are you having for symptoms? Well, the um, hot flashes. Okay. Um, so, hot flashes and then just, the, you know, the dryness, skin okay. dryness, vaginal well, dryness. Well, let's talk about those two things. So are you using a little progesterone cream? Um, I am not. Okay. No. So that'll probably take away the hot flashes. And then for dryness, I always look at a couple of things. Um, I certainly look at the omega-3 fatty acids like, 3,000 a day. I look at taking that omega-6, the GLA. I look at at least, you know, taking three of those a day, which is about 600. 
and maybe a little vitamin E to hydrate those tissues and make sure that you're drinking plenty of water. And the other thing that you have to look at is are you taking anything that's a diuretic? So a lot of women are on blood pressure medications that are diuretic. And that is... No medications for me. Perfect. I think if you do these Mm -hmm. other things, your symptoms will go away. Okay, and how much progesterone cream do you take? About a quarter of a teaspoon, very little. It's about the same amount we would be making if we were ovulating. You don't want a high amount of that either. You know, you don't want the 400 or milligrams. It's too much for people. Just a 20... you guys have a good progesterone yeah, we, cream? We, we have Progest, which I, it has no fillers and no preservatives in it, so it's really a safe progesterone cream. Okay, thank you so much. I'll give that a try. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, thanks for your call. Yes. You know, and we're talking about all of these recommendations for hot flashes and symptoms that women are having, and I often have clients take a supplement. It's called Estrofactors. We haven't talked about that yet. Because that helps to kind of detox estrogens. And you know, before we we start taking callers, we were talking about, actually we were talking about vegetables doing that. Yeah, there's, I mean vegetables, the ones that you listed are natural detoxers. Like the Brussels sprouts and the broccoli and the the kale. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I always start with nutrition but some people need a little bit of extra support with that estrogen detoxification. And it's called Estrofactors. It's by Metagenics. It actually contains special ingredients that support the liver. Now, remember, the liver is the organ that is detoxing many of these chemicals from our bodies and is very effective in detoxing the excess estrogens. So we were, t- we were talking before about how sometimes people that have these migraines, these hormonal migraines, actually have higher levels of estrogen and lower levels of progesterone. And so if you suffer from migraines, you know, get rid of the na- the estrogens in kind of a natural way. And then you don't have to be taking all those medications that give you rebound effects. Mm-hmm. You know, nutrition never gives you that rebound. It just makes you feel better all the time. Right. And there's other benefits, obviously, too, from changing eating. But it's very good to detox excess estrogen. But... It's important also, you know, we want that balance. So sometimes people need to add in the progesterone cream and detox the estrogens. Um, Because as women stop ovulating, they stop producing progesterone. And And I think that's kind of new for a lot of women, Cara, to mm -hmm. know that, that that's what happens. I know. I mean, we hear so much about estrogen, estrogen therapy, but we don't hear about progesterone deficiency. And, you know, progesterone is that calming hormone that I mentioned earlier. It supports sleep and good moods. And you had said just a minute ago, you know, the dose is about a quarter of a teaspoon before bed. Just put it on any part of your body that has like a thin skin. So it could be your chest, your wrists, your thyroid area. Yeah, that's a great area. So when choosing a progesterone cream, I like our professional brand called Progest and you know, I choose that progesterone cream because it contains no chemicals, preservatives, but it does contain a little bit of vitamin E oil, and that helps with absorption. So, so let's, Carl, let's talk about some other things that happen at perimenopause and menopause. Well, you know, a lot of my clients have experienced fibroids. Oh, yes. In fact, 40% of women develop benign fibroid growth in the uterus during perimenopause. And these fibroids, the growth is actually stimulated by estrogen, and they can become rather large. They can cause heavy bleeding. And, you know, you hear about people getting hysterectomies 
from having these uterine fibroids. Exactly. So again, fibroids are usually the result of excess estrogen. So detoxing those toxic estrogens can often reduce the growth, and then it can reduce the pain and that excess bleeding. Again, you just need a total plan is needed because it's important at that time to reduce weight, which usually means reducing insulin resistance and reducing fat cells. You know, it would seem that perimenopause symptoms are perhaps a sign to women that they really need to start taking care of their health uh, before heart disease or cancer sets in. Right, before some of these other chronic diseases exactly happen. Yep. You know, let's just take a, we have a couple more callers, okay. so let's take one before we go to break here. All right. Hi, Julie, you're on the air. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I actually am kind of opposite. I have very low estrogen, mm-hmm. and I'm about 35. Okay. And um, my progesterone levels are normal. My testosterone levels are normal. And then I was told my DHEA level is mm-hmm. extremely high. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, you know, I think one, and this does happen, so sometimes... You know, I think for you, you need to make sure that you're eating you know, probably about a tablespoon of beneficial fat for every meal and snack. Okay. So that means like eating a half of an avocado. Yep. Uh, eating a tablespoon of olive oil. And, then, and people kind of, a tablespoon of butter, you know, a quarter of a cup of nuts, those kinds of things. I think will help to balance that out a little bit for you because we need beneficial fats and cholesterol to make our our hormones, our estrogens. I've been pretty good about doing that um, with avocado smoothies. Um, I I try and put a lot of the good fats in my smoothies every morning. And then as far as when I eat, I'm I'm very good at eating. I don't do any of the fast foods or anything like that. I try and put as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then as far as my snacking, I usually do almonds. Um, and different nuts that way. So, so is this a new way for you of eating, or have no. you always eaten this way? No, I bet you for the probably, I'd say at least the past probably three years, three okay. and a half years. Oh, that's that's <laughs> interesting. You're doing all the right things. I are know. You, are you having symptoms, okay, yeah. any unusual hormonal-type <laughs> symptoms? Yes. Unfortunately, I my moods are all over the place. I'm extremely um, emotional. Okay. Um, sometimes in the mornings when I wake up, I am very warm. You know, I think an uh, individual consultation with a, one of us would be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And we okay. could get down to the bottom of this. And I think yeah. we could probably help you out a lot. That would be great. I ended up having a saliva test done. Yep. And so that's when that's how I had found out about my levels. Exactly. Yep. Okay. But we could work with that. So. Okay. Yep. Get, and you could bring your labs in and nutritionists could take a look at that with you. Yes. Oh. I would appreciate that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a loss um, as far as finding out any options because it seems like everything is much estrogen, and I'm, I'm not able to get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's where the moods are coming from. Right, but I think we could balance you out. That would be so great. Give us a call. Thank I would you. Appreciate it. Thank All right. You. Thanks, yep. Julie. Have a great day. Yeah. Well, it's time to take a break, and you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Many of our listeners are fans of Gary Tobbs and have heard that name before. He's the author of Good Calories, Bad Calories, and his newest book is called Why We Get Fat. He's going to be on Dishing Up Nutrition again, March 17th. Gary has been interviewed on many national television shows, including Dr. Oz, 
And what Dr. or excuse me, not Dr. Taubes, what Gary Taubes does, he examines the research and we believe he's found an answer to the obesity epidemic. So remember to tune in to hear him on March 17th. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I was interviewed for an article in the Star and Tribune October 6, 2008, about menopause. And this article looked at five common symptoms of menopause. Of course, hot flashes and night sweats were listed. My advice, first, reduce your processed carbs, sugar, and alcohol, and caffeine. Second, use a small amount of natural progesterone cream at bedtime to balance hormones. You know, today I would also recommend taking the supplement Estrofactors three times a day, for three months, and also include Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, kale, or spinach into several meals each week. And also another symptom that a lot of people talk about is at menopause is osteoporosis. And we are actually teaching our nutritional solutions to osteoporosis on Monday, March 5th. And it's really, we teach people how to eat to Avoid osteoporosis. So That's a great class. There's can, so much misinformation about bone yeah, health. Yes. So, again, you can sign up 651-699-3438. And should we take a call? Yeah, let's quick? take. Okay. We have lots of great callers today. So, good morning, Pamela. Do you Hi, have a question you. today? Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. So, I'm thinking when you eat a lot of sugar and processed carbs, and you know, it's going to go to your liver and it kicks out more triglycerides. So consequently, can you eventually get a fatty liver? Yes. Mm-hmm. Detox that. I know you have a supplement for that. Now, how long does that take? Well, you know, the, the basically, when you're talking about fatty liver, high triglycerides, you have to reduce the amount of carbohydrates you're eating every day, every meal. Mm-hmm. That's the treatment. Okay. That is by far the best treatment. Now, estrofactors help to detox estrogens out of your body and out of your cells. And it supports your liver's ability to do that, but it's not going to help with a fatty mm-hmm. liver. It's reducing the carbohydrates. Okay. And didn't you have, I know several shows ago, you mentioned some other supplement you have available too that will help detox the liver. Oh, there liver. are several things. There's things like UltraClear. There's... Um, there's, you know, we have many things, many different... Ad, AdvaClear yeah, is AdvaClear. You know, different liver supports that do help to de- mm-hmm. the liver work better. That's okay. for sure. And how long, once you change your diet, how long does it generally take to clear out? If someone has a fatty liver, it probably will take a couple of years mm-hmm. to reduce that. If you're just trying to detox, you know, otherwise, maybe a few months is usually. You know, we usually have people taking estrofactors maybe for two or three months. And then usually that will will really help a lot. Okay. So it isn't it isn't something that you have to keep doing over and over all, you know, for years. Except yeah. you have to keep eating right. The eating part, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you very okay, much. Thanks for your call. All right. That was a good question, though. Really. I mean, especially connecting the triglycerides mm-hmm. to the fatty liver. And, you know, we in our shows in the past, we've talked about how there's more and more cases of fatty liver. Yes. From sugars and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about an email that I got from one of my clients because I'm sure a lot of women will be able to relate to this statement. But um, I received an email and she said, I just can't seem to get to sleep at night. And when I do, 
I'm a light sleeper, and any little noise will wake me, like her husband snoring, and she often wakes up soaking, wet, and hot, kicks the covers off, and then gets cold. She's exhausted all the time, is getting irritable, and says, I feel sorry for my family. So, so my client, you know, is not only suffering from night sweats, but also general insomnia. And this often comes with menopause, it does. is this insomnia. So how do we help women get to sleep and stay asleep? You know, we know a lack of sleep increases insulin resistance and weight gain. So getting a good night's sleep is so important. So let's break, Carl, let's just break this okay. sleep down. <laughs> First, if you have trouble getting to sleep, Try a sublingual melatonin, you know, either a one milligram or up to a five milligram. And you put this melatonin supplement under your tongue, and it seems like it's more effective than swallowing a capsule because it gets absorbed. It's under your tongue. Yep, it goes and it right gets, into the bloodstream. And then most people go to sleep in a half an hour. That's step one. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. Another option is if you have problems staying asleep, we would recommend four to 800 milligrams of magnesium glycinate before bed. You know, yeah. maybe 30 minutes before bed. Yes, a good, good quality magnesium. Yep. So if you wake up and start to worry, and I hear this all the time, you know, they recycle thoughts. So I would say try 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams of a supplement that is called 5-HTP. And you take that at bedtime. And 5-HTP helps to produce more serotonin in your brain. And serotonin is that relaxing neurotransmitter, so it works very well. And anywhere from 100 to 200 milligrams is what people use. And so then, we'll keep going here, because these are all the sleep issues people have. If you wake up with night sweats, we suggest having a bedtime snack. So this can actually prevent the waking up, because that often happens from low blood sugar. So it's important that that bedtime snack has fat. That's the biggest component that's going to help prevent low blood sugar. So it might be half of an apple with two tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter. Um, And then also that progesterone cream at bedtime can help to, you know, balance out the Mm -hmm. excess estrogen. And then during the day, be taking estrofactors. So we are the experts, you know, in helping people get to sleep and stay asleep and not have to use medication. Sleep is so important for health. It we is. know that. And that's something that I understand. You've heard me talk about ins- my insomnia in the past um, that I've been able to overcome just from eating better and taking magnesium. And if Cara was seeing clients, I always send them to Cara yep, for sleep. I get problem. all the people with sleep issues. <laughs> it's, no, it's wonderful to be able to use my experience to help. Mm-hmm. So let's tackle. Do you think we have a time to I'm tackle? wondering if we, well, we have one call as well. Okay. Well, let's tackle this problem. Okay. You know, one another problem that I hear often is, and we heard it already, vaginal dryness. You know, often as women, we're told it's a lack of estrogen. But I have found it is really a nutritional problem. If you have dry tissues in one part of your body, you'll have, you'll probably find it in another part mm-hmm. of your body. You know, maybe your hands will be dry, or your skin and your face will be dry, or on your legs. So you have to ask what a good nutritionist would ask. Well, why do you have dry skin? That's the question. Well, it could be from eating a low-fat or a fat-free plan since, you know, somebody was 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. (laughs) Yes. So your skin and all your body needs to be hydrated with both water and fat. 
So if you're on a diuretic for blood pressure control and we're told to follow a low-fat diet for weight control, you know, your vaginal tissue can become dehydrated and very dry and not very comfortable. So it's important to start with eating good fat at each meal, you know, at least 10 grams, you know, about a tablespoon of fat at each meal, butter, olive oil, coconut oil, nuts, avocados, and get rid of soda and coffee. They're diuretics. They're beverages that actually dehydrate tissues. And, you know, Car, I'm still hearing people are drinking four to six cans of Diet Coke a day. I and know. A course, and not water. And not water. And, of course, they're going to have vaginal dryness. And then the other thing that I would often recommend is adding a supplement of about 3,000 milligrams of omega-3s, and that's fish oil, and about 600 milligrams of GLA, and that will hydrate. And thank you, Clara, for being on with me today. Well, you're welcome. Nutrition is very powerful, and it can be the answer to all the problems that we talked about today with menopause. Thank you for listening. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.